Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. This content is for informational purposes only. You should not construe any such information or other material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other advice. Nothing contained on here constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by Draper Goran Holm or any third-party service provider to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments whatsoever. Hey everyone, it is me. We are here. Uh, we, Joseph is here too. Say hi, Joseph. Hey, what's up? Boom, boom, boom. We're recording. Good morning, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. I am recording this on the computer now. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. Boom. All right. It says it's recording. Boom. 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 I am apparently recording. The entire bottle of control. They're all exactly the same. Crypto art. And then what it really is, is an NFT. Wow. How do you want to slap the bag? So this is the next best thing. DeFi is going to be a bubble. It's provably scarce. What's mad dog? Crypto, gold, and silver. Transparent substance. Take my money, start a war with it. Without further ado. Cheers to you, brother. Get shit done. Because the system has to collapse before that. Cheers, I feel much better now. Cheers. (laughs) Wow, that was heavy. Boom. Welcome uh, to Blockchain Booze number 127, everybody. I wanted to come up here uh, uh, on my own this time, which I never do to to preset this up. Um, not not to do it in some special professional way, because this is uh, a very laid back show, obviously. But there's something really, really important I wanted to throw out there um, based on some feedback from the community members and some things that recently happened. So just want to reiterate uh, something really very, very, very important to me and to everyone in the community. Um, we got into this space because we believe that this space can bring a more fair equitable and open borderless world that is welcoming to everyone uh not just white dudes on the internet not just people in california or in the united states but everyone everywhere of all types and we will be militant about protecting our community and making sure that every single person who participates in blockchain and booze or who wants to participate in blockchain booze will feel welcome So I know we have like our terms of service and policies and our mission statement and all that stuff, which is all wonderful. But I just want you guys to hear it from me that if anyone ever joins a stream is not cool, is not treating people nicely, um, let us know because we won't tolerate anyone who is being hateful or making you feel like you don't belong here because we all belong here uh, together. So I just wanted to throw that out there. A few of the community members uh, will be joining us as uh, moderators soon so we can uh, jump into the chat and, and feel like uh, we, we have somebody has our back at all times. And that's one of the beauties. So I'm going to bring the, the, group, the crew on stage who's going to join us tonight and we'll, we'll, we'll have some fun. But I just want to throw that out there first and foremost because, uh, um, you know, it, it, it needs to be addressed every once in a while, uh, apparently. And I just wanted everyone to, to feel that. Um, this is going to be a really, really fun one. Blockchain Booze 127. I, I know it, it sort of feels like I started it off on a bummer, but I think that's, that's really important. 
part of what I'm talking about, of course, is if you go to, to blockchainbooze.io, you can join in the chat. You can hang out. You'll be able to turn on your video um, uh, and, and, have some, uh, and, and have some fun when we're done with this panel and hang out with the community. And startups have been started in that chat. Um, uh, all sorts of fun projects and, and NFT uh, communities have, have forged out of the 127 weeks we've been doing this. And, uh, and so that's why it was important to, to throw that out there. Um, I already see so many of our friends in the chat. And, um, and so, uh, guys, blockchain and booze, number 127. And now I'm going to reach and, and, and get my drink. Cheers. Um, welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, uh, Jay Deep, it is your first time. We've got uh, Jay Deep, we've got Greg, we've got Corey. But Jay Deep, this is your first time uh, here on Blockchain Booze. So let's start with you. Give us your background. Tell us what you're working on. We're going we're gonna to talk uh, a lot about Ethereum tonight. Uh, so uh, but sure. Deep, uh, where, um, where are you right now also? <laughs> I've been in Gali in Rwanda. You cut out for a second. What, say that again. I'm in, I'm in Kigali in Rwanda. Wow. wow. Amazing. Yeah. And in terms of what I'm working on, it's uh, the cheap Chardonnay uh, to start with. Um, <laughs> and um, more broadly, launch nodes enables our clients to become solo stakers. Um, we provide all the Lego bricks and components for Ethereum staking so that our clients can, can become solo stakers themselves and um, reap both yeah, the maximum returns from Ethereum staking um, in, a, in a way where they own their staking infrastructure and, and architecture. But then I suppose more than that, we think that owning the node is going to be really important as a broader set of financial services and ecosystem emerge after, emerge after the merge. That doesn't really sound very good, but um, that, that's what we think. So, yeah. It's great to be here. That's awesome. Thank, thank you for joining us. And, and what time is it for you, actually? It's late. <laughs> <laughs> I, love Very it. late. I love it. We've had, uh, we've had people on, uh, I think there was one time when um, we had someone on the exact opposite side of the world. I think Joseph did it once, too. But it was like, you know, 5 p.m. for us, and it was like 5 a.m. for them. And it was... Yeah, it was, it's not uh, quite 5 a.m. It's like 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, it's it's fun with the folks in Europe and folks around the world. And for some people joining, uh, I know we have a pretty regular crew on the other side of the world that jokes uh, and, and calls it blockchain and breakfast because they, they wake up in a <laughs> pre-work uh, um, hang session if you live in like Australia or, or, or out there. Um, nice. uh, Greg, uh, why don't you Greg. go next and uh, remind everyone who you are and tell everyone about Rivet. All right. So um, my name's Greg, as you all heard. Um, I am one of three founders at Rivet, and Rivet.cloud is something very familiar to many of us. Uh, we're a lot like your experiences you might have with an Infuro or an Alchemy or something like that, except for what we do is way different, and how we do it's way different. Uh, we build our stuff, and we build it open source. It rolls out uh, to the open source projects as we roll, that, roll it out into production. Uh, nothing gets held back. Uh, it's out there for everybody to use, and we're building towards a vision where um, ultimately this can become a marketplace where you can run our clusters, we can run our clusters, uh, and they can all uh, balance the cost of infrastructure across everybody who both consumes and produces. Um, and it's, it's sort of a long road of doing it uh, the hard way but the right way, and that's kind of just how we feel about it. 
we're also um uh, and i have to say this is super important right we um uh, we're not following suit with alchemy and infura uh, we did not pre-censor tornado cash uh, we will not pre-censor tornado cash we will not censor our endpoints so um for what it's worth until we get it figured out and we can to that centralized <laughs> infrastructure man uh, i'm perfectly happy to take like a, a swat team stock in the gut for it so <laughs> well, and 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 to 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 be clear, just to to kind of um, double down, like you're you're talking about the the open source parts of your project and stuff like that, but just simplify, you know, um, your to simplify your product, you provide infrastructure for people building on Ethereum, right? So like yeah, yeah, RPC absolutely. nodes for people who knows know what an RPC is, but essentially, um, if you're just a regular average user, somebody like me. Um, Every once in a while, you'll see like people will say MetaMask went down or MetaMask is broken, you can, but you can go and change the node on MetaMask so it works. Um, what you're changing is an RPC, right? That your connection to, to the Ethereum network and Rivet provides those for people building applications so that it's um, yeah. according to them. And I, I tend to agree, but I am very conflicted um, better than the others. Um, <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. Well, you so, know, and I wouldn't even say better than the others, but we, we hold ourselves a lot more accountable than the others, I think. Um, and that, yeah. that's, I think okay. the really big key to it. You're, um, yeah, you're, you're more, um, uh, uh, politically correct about it and you're play nice <laughs> and stuff. And I think, I think though that that's part of what's good about the community, right? Everyone should, I think everyone should play well together because well, I Right. We're the only one, only oh. one running these things that think we shouldn't exist too. Like everybody should be able to do this. Every project should be able to do it. It shouldn't be a hassle. Until we get there, we're going to be there. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I understand. I'm with you. Um, Corey, give your, uh, give your background and what you're working on. I know I, I kind of uh, roped you into this uh, hanging out with us today, um, a few weeks before you, we were going to do another hang session. So. Corey yeah, so this will be our informal intro, I guess. But yeah. um, Corey from Dolomite, we're building a decentralized margin trading platform uh, on Ethereum, but our initial launch will be on top of Arbitrum, which is an Ethereum layer two, essentially piggy, uh, piggybacking off, excuse me, uh, Ethereum's layer one. And uh, our exchange, which is somewhat unique to the margin trading realm, is built entirely on chain uh, from the liquidity to the execution of all the trades, to the liquidation mechanisms, um, and anything that doesn't necessarily run uh, on-chain, like you know, keepers and things that will monitor positions and execute liquidations, we're running it through decentralized means like the graph protocol and other means so that uh, ideally in the future, any one part of our tech stack uh, can never go down because there'll always be, always be some other replacement that can pick up the pieces in case... Uh, you know, there's some kind of execution issue with our team running uh, clients or nodes um, or other people in the community that are participating in the network then. But um, uh, as far as like the capabilities of our protocol is concerned, it's extremely powerful and flexible. Uh, it's a mixture of, like I said, being more margin trading oriented as an initial use case. But the base case for it is margin lending, which means you can just go open up loans like it's an Aave or compound money market protocol. So quite flexible with what's possible with it. Uh, it's open so people can build on top of it. Immutable, no upgradable contracts or anything like that. And happy to deep dive into it further uh, as it's more pressing or relevant, but we're here to talk about staking today. 
yeah so 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 talking talk going back to, to staking and then uh learning more about the merge i will say that i'm admittedly uh not uh not as educated or feel maybe maybe i am uh but i don't feel like i know enough um <laughs> about what's going on with with the merge exactly because i know there's there's also multiple dates like when the merge is happening but when it actually goes live and different things like that and and i don't know enough about staking and i i feel like i should so maybe jay deep um uh i would love could you give us like a 101 like like even if it's as basic as like, what does it mean to stake Ethereum? And then, and then we could go into why it should be self-hosted versus, um, you know, or solo. Yes, yeah, sure. I mean, it, I think the, the best place to start is, um, is, is what is a, what is a blockchain? Which is a bizarre thing to even, you know, contemplate on a podcast like this, but I really hate the word blockchain um, because it, it fails what we call in England, at least the Ron seal test, right? It doesn't say what it does on the tin. And what a blockchain is, is, is it's a database that's shared, right? And so for the past 20 years, we've seen um, massive conglomerates monetize data. Data is the new oil, that's what everyone says. And so if you move to a concept of a shared database, the question becomes is how do you economically incentivize the sharing? So now if Google or Facebook don't just have a copy of the database, all of us have to have a copy of the database. How do you enable that? Um, and it's from it's from that perspective I come as a, as a software engineer. When I first discovered Ethereum, I was e extremely excited about this idea of, of, of one database because you spend all that time building stuff out of the database to then talk to another thing that then goes back to another database. So when you when you when you talk about having a shared database, um, how do we all have? And, and again, let, let's go back a little bit. Why is that important? Well, let's 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 look at um, Ethereum and say, um, you, Elon, own 10,000 Ethereum, I own 0.001. But both of us have the right and the access to the data of every transaction that's ever occurred on Ethereum. Now, could you imagine that kind of capability in the US dollar or a fiat currency or, or any other? Uh, just, just, to throw it, just to throw it out well. there. Uh, just want to throw. Who has DBA privileges? Is the question everybody's asking in those databases? Right? Like... <laughs> well, Greg, uh, Greg, not not you personally, but I uh, at ETH Denver, uh, a couple of your team members had like a pin or a thing on their shirt where you like downloaded every single like how many terabytes was it? I think you downloaded like every transaction ever on the Ethereum network. On well, um, actually, we were we were taking the data and um, you know, re structuring it so that it was easier and faster to query just so having the best way to do that was with a really big sqlite database like a really big sqlite database but but i remember we had, we had like a multi-terabyte database somewhere that was was that like a like a i guess a different implementation almost of like an archival node um like actually what, what it was is um a log indexer that we originally created like at the previous ETH Denver, I think it was a, it was our hack project one year. Just um, we, we wanted to have nice. uh, indexed logs, um, but we wanted it to be open source so that you didn't have to, you know, come off of Infura and find out, oh my god, they've been indexing this for me, and now I can't use logs like I used to. And so we want we wanted to have something that that people could pick up and just like, yeah, okay, maybe we won't plug into a product. At that point, we didn't know. But we wanted this to be out there so that people didn't get rugged as soon as they got off of Infura and found out, oh my God, I need this too if I'm going to run the thing I used to run. 
Yeah. And otherwise you're stuck. Right. With it, that, right. So, you know, Jay Deep saying the thing about the, the access to the whole database <laughs> made me uh, just totally ADD yeah. me. And I, think, I, think, I, think, I think you've got to come back to your basic values you know, before we get lost down a rabbit hole of merges, yeah. splurges, verges. Like, what, what is the, the yeah. core value? Um, and I think people like Greg talking, you know, talking about indexing, the pain of, you know, getting responsiveness that's sufficient for useful applications from RPC nodes. I know that pain, but but coming back to you know what is what is um, staking and what's the merge. So we need to we need this we need this um, we need the shared database right now. The proof of work model means that for everyone to have a copy of the database, um, we throw loads of computing power at it, and your reward for throwing that computing power is is that you get the opportunity to validate transactions. In a staking model, we say, actually, we're going to get rid of that heavy uh, computing power. We're going to run software in the form of these nodes, and we're going to put capital to it. Um, and you're going to get the opportunity. Everyone has the opportunity to update, do this new type of work, which is updating everyone's copy of the database with valid transactions and securing the network, securing the database. And for doing that work, you're going to get a reward. You're going to earn money. So, you know, the use cases and the kind of participation we're after means that we want to talk about there being this new type of work to be done to allow this database to be shared. And on the back of that, some really exciting stuff emerges. And, and that's sort of um, where I would sort of like to start framing staking is, is that yeah. it's about the economic incentives of allowing a viable shared database that is Ethereum. Right. It's going to become the, you know, the fabric of the new global economy, which is what we so think. And, and actually, in terms yeah. of the merge, what the merge is, is that for, for, from a technology perspective and, and from science and, and in, a, in a world that's got many dark storms in terms of inflation and global conflict, this is a moon landing, man. Like this is this is a this is a beautiful. It's like a moon landing, but you have to um, build a new engine midway. We all own and test it for yeah. half the floor. Right. <laughs> That's um, I mean I, I love it. Um, where where I was gonna go then is you know for okay pre pre merge um, today to to be able to participate in that sort of validating um, the network and uh, earning from the fees and doing things like that you need massive amounts of, of hardware, right? Um, and compute power. And, but tomorrow, not, not tomorrow, exactly tomorrow, but uh, post-merge, it's, it's a lot less hardware, um, just, just some more basic computing uh, power, but you can, the more you stake, the more you put on the line, the more access you have, basically. Is that? It's, it, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, the way it works is that, um, you move from an intensity of computing resources to an intensity of capital, right? So you, you stake using multiples of 32 Ethereum um, and you run multiple nodes and you earn um, effectively an interest rate on that 32 Ethereum. Um, and right now that that looks like about 4%, after the merge, it'll move to somewhere between 8 and 12%. We don't really know. That's people the, tend that's to overlook as well. Technically, yeah, what? Okay, yeah, Corey, go. What is that driven by exactly? Um, so before I even touch on the, I guess the effective interest rate aspect of it. Yeah, a lot of people talk about like you know capital costs versus computational uh, infrastructure, and really a lot of those are, are the they're more similar than they, than they are different. Um, the difference I would say between computational intensity is 
there's obviously going to be some amount of capital required in order to buy the computing power and effectively run it, which is why people always talk about paying electricity in order to mine blocks in the network. But the other aspect of it as well is you need to essentially hire experts to help maintain it, run DevOps for it, constantly monitor it, potentially swap cards out, uh, or also make your setup even more complex so you're able to potentially hot swap GPUs out without taking your miner down and having to resync your node or essentially follow with the head of the chain. Because it's it's very analogous to essentially running a race and you always have to be with the front of the pack. And if you're not, you're essentially not keeping up with the network then, which means you're not really able to mine new blocks right. as they come in. Mining is it's, a relatively zero-sum game. That is very true. Yeah. Like, and the and then, pools were really more an act of necessity. It wasn't, there wasn't really a way to democratize it so much as it was um, a way to not get eaten by the bigger pool. Exactly. Um, but, but there's also yeah. kind of, and you know, we, we do to be, um, because, you know, full disclosure, I'm super excited about this. And I love the work that the developers on, on ETHCore have done. They've done some amazing things. Um, but we have to be completely fair. There's some unknowns in the economics of this, right? Like, there are people right now. Uh, who cannot tell uh, their flip phone from their smart sneaker from their their HomePod, right? Like, uh, who have their kids set this stuff up? Oh, that wow. do Sorry. know how to write big checks and have the capacity to, right? Like, how many of these people are going to be able to buy power now? And how are we going to spot that and circumvent it with the community? You know, because like that is the new game. The new game is is not the dark forest of front running. It's the community game of making sure that if these people come in that they come in with the right spirit yeah I, I think that there's definitely aspects of that as well as i think that it's, it's not it's important to not overlook the simplicity of people are just going to be downloading whatever the most popular client is and just running that not looking too far into it they don't want to be overly technical they hear mm -hmm. about slashing risk which is i'm sure something we'll touch on in the future of this conversation which from their perspective is potentially losing their capital investment and all of a sudden they don't want to mess around with anything and people become too afraid to even experiment then so i mm -hmm. see i see actually two very polarizing futures with it one mm -hmm. where you have these large checks come in and they don't want to experiment at all and instead follow the status quo because they're afraid of those slashing risks or you have the alternative of people don't care about it for whatever reason and decide to go gung-ho with experimentation and at least to potentially mm -hmm. some forking of the community on a social consensus layer. Right. What, um, Ed, Ed said something kind of interesting here. Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I'm, I don't know. So he, he said something that I'd like to get your guys' take on. He said, but um, in a way, will, will staking kill the sort of DAO model? Um, because more capital oh, no. invested basically means you'll have more control over the consensus. Oh no, uh, the consensus is still going to do what it's going to do. Like you shouldn't notice what happens when this switches over at first, except for the block times get more consistent. Anything yeah. like that's a theory that I have about how fees might drop a little bit because people oftentimes panic pump their fee up a little bit just because it's that little bit of inconsistency that makes you feel like it's a slot machine. You know, I, uh, I mean, a little bit of superstition is all it takes to get people to pay more. Back in the day, <laughs> back in the day, like two years ago um when that's like 14 fees, years ago in our industry when, when fees were like you know uh consistently somewhere between let's say like i don't know this might have been three or four years ago i'm just my my brain i don't know when was anything happened anymore but like when fees were anywhere consistently between you know a buck or two and like five bucks 
I would almost always, every time, almost like double the fees when I was doing something that was like somewhat important because I was just like, I need this to go through and I don't want one of these failed transactions or these things where it happens in 20 minutes. Um, but then fees got so expensive that I stopped doing, I, I started getting much more uh, precise about it and stuff like that. And now I don't really do it anymore, um, almost at all. Like I might bump it up a tiny bit, but I'm also not transacting as often, I think on purpose, because you, you learn to be more um, uh, uh, conscientious of, of how expensive, you know, the gas fees had gotten over the last uh, certain period of time. But, but um so that that right. is, and we got to be clear that this won't. That's what you should say because a lot of people have this misconception of, oh, the day after this happens, fees are going to go down, and not realizing that has nothing really to do with fees at all. Um, it's going to do the right thing. It's going to be continuous, right? We got the most important, and this is something that, as a technical person, I really want to stress because it might not be so obvious to people what all these little merges are and all these little. Uh, bits and pieces are that uh, seem to be like delays or things going wrong. Uh, this is one of the most amazing executions of an upgrade of a, a really complex system that probably has ever been done in the history of software. Like what's what happened, if you can think about it like this, is first they parallel built an, uh, you know, a new engine inside of this car or uh, maybe a train is, is probably a better example because it could go in kind of a loop everybody's but, seen um, that one website what is that website though where you can see the bitcoin and ethereum blocks going through like the buses and cars and stuff like that mm -hmm. lining up? oh that's a cool they one i forget the name of it engineered though. a better engine while the train was running while it was pulling without slowing down and then they tested it in parallel with each of these uh each of these um, forks on all the test nets testing and they've been doing shadow forks too like testing 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 all with the idea that it should feel continuous, like because that's yeah. exactly what markets like financial markets need. I, I, I can't um, stress how one right Greg is and how important the analysis of how we got to this point is different to anything that's been done before. Like, you know, I've, I've, I talked about this being a moon landing event. It is, but there's no there's no ground control, right? It's just a bunch of geezers with cups of tea um, who, without a boss, you know, without um, some kind of um, you know, fascist scrum master um, dictating, uh, you know, get my stories done. Where's you know, where's my release? When are we going to prod? Um, you know, there's no, there's no. I mean, if you think about what what companies spend to put everyone in the same room to make someone boss and and get these features and functionalities released into production. You know, in 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 in, in micro in beta, let alone when you've got a four hundred fifty billion dollar juggernaut moving at three hundred miles an hour, which is what which is what Ethereum is. And I, I think ju just the concept of um, of building in this way and with these decentralized teams, with with agreement forming um, on what we're going to build, what's going to be the most useful thing. Yeah, you, you talked earlier about being you know respectful in terms of this community um the kind of you know dark um terribleness that you see when 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 these forums could you know what can emerge in, in a social context and set against what has emerged which is just you know the the highest um quality of thought um the best use of the scientific method um it, you know it's it's for you know for those of us who've got kids it, it, it's a super hopeful um 
message and model for, for how the world's going to build going forward. Right, because the CEO of Ethereum did not have to intervene at all. Yeah, exactly. it doesn't exist. This is, this is actually something that I hadn't thought about that angle because it's so assumed in what we do now that yeah. there's no leader to that work. It's just everybody just doing their yeah. thing and it works. But Something I find cool. really interesting, which I think would be uh, useful to touch on, is like earlier on in my days in the crypto industry, uh, I always wondered like how these actual hard forks would be executed. And like, what does it look like? Is everyone like downloading the same client software and plusing restart at the same time? You know, so I, obviously over time, I've, I've come to learn how it actually rolls out. But something I think that would be uh, helpful for the audience to better understand, like how staking works and how this merge seamlessly happens is talking about, you know, what physically happens during that upgrade process. And I think uh, yeah, understanding I that it. It plays a part with the uh, how interesting it really is. Um, it really is pretty fascinating, isn't it? Uh, Greg, if you um, want, if you want to talk about this, I can really try my best really here. Like this is guys, actually I'm the gonna, part where I'm, I'm gonna be I honest share. with you guys. I'm, I'm swinging from a speech that I've heard from Austin before. Like, I'm the guy who knows how to sort of figure out what the guy who knows how to build it is saying. So some of my analogies. <laughs> I could fill in some gaps potentially. Then, um, guys, so quickly, I'm just going to re restart this thing I shared earlier. By the way, I shared the website that has those fun transaction things in the chat to everybody watching. And FYI, if you're, there's a lot of people watching on the various streams everywhere, jump to blockchainbooze.io. You might have to register if you haven't been there um, in a while because we re relaunched the website a couple months ago. Um, but but register, go in, and you'll be able to chat in the main. Uh, community chat and then when we're done you'll be able to turn on your camera and hang out if you'd like and uh i'll be watching there if anybody has any questions but okay go go greg i would love because i when when you said that Corey, just now when you said like does everyone download a new client update or whatever and then do a restart on the same day or the same time like once you said that i was like wait shit i actually have no clue how that actually happens like when does it yeah. actually go is there well, a, it's really hard to figure is out vitalik because... sitting there on uh you know at a reset button you know <laughs> uh, he's already like unplug unplug the router and plug it back in <laughs> unplug the router wait 10 <laughs> seconds plug it back in yeah and it's great because this question is really um is really awesome i get to answer this the way that uh, every good person who started out as a BA gets the answer. It depends, right? Like, first off, you got to look at the project uh, that's building the given client to see how they're going to handle the upgrade path, right? Because ultimately, the upgrade happens at the client level. Now, ETH2 is extra weird because we had the Beacon chain. It sort of split the update in half and had one part of the network that, like I said, they built the engine while they were driving. Um that, that part of it happened over a year ago, so they could do these tests, right? And a lot of the staking incentive is to say, you know, A, help us secure this, but also give us a real-time, uh, you know, picture of what the world's going to look like with people staked. And that's, you know, that's sort of the economic value that you derive as a network by having people lock their ETH in. That's why the, the reward is worth it, right? Because over the course of the last year, these validators made sure that the testers and the builders were working with real live data, right? But it was also segregated from uh, the actual the actual ongoings on uh, the current proof of work system, right? So they could test it, but not impact it. Um, so when we do this, essentially, we we have to have a uh, a client version installed. Like if we did this at Rivet, we have a client version of uh, whichever uh, node uh, 
operator or whichever node, uh, uh, missing the right word here, been kind of a crazy day, uh, project that we're trying to, uh, to operate off of, right? So we use Geth. Um, we're Geth-based. Go with um, Ethereum for people that aren't familiar with it. Right. So, and, and we're basically going to make sure that we have the right client version, that we've got it up and running in our environments, and we're not seeing issues with our own integrations. Uh, any forks that we've made uh, that are our own, we have to make sure that the, the merge of the code happened properly. We do our own bug testing as a team. That's what everybody who runs their own node would be having to do, depending on how many you're trying to run and how many uh, uh, projects and teams you're trying to support. That can be easy or hard, right? But ultimately, if you're set up and you're ready to rock uh, at the point at which, and we're using a different metric for when the chain flips over, right? It's different this time. Uh, uh, and this is where my knowledge gets fuzzy. So if somebody wants to jump in and talk about the metric that we're actually using to trigger uh, when the changeover happens. I think it's total um, difficulty. It's like that control. Yeah, it's, it's total difficulty or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so if people saw um, people on crypto Twitter tweeting out an extremely large number that starts with 58, I think the number is, like extremely large, um, probably 10 plus characters long. That's what people were effectively talking about, trying to be all cool, like just tweeting out some large number. And everyone's like, you know, if you know, you know. Well, what they're actually saying is that's the total difficulty at which point the Ethereum network will flip on a switch, on a switch figuratively speaking, from proof of work to proof of stake. From that point yep. onward, the only blocks that will be accepted are ones where the total difficulty is set to, I think, the maximum possible number, like a at that point, it transitions to the highest possible one. And uh, blocks are only accepted from the, the beacon chain at that point from stakers yep. as opposed to uh, proof-of-work miners. And uh, yep. that distinction is very important because part of what happens when the network transitions to uh, 2.0 and the merge actually happens is proof-of-work doesn't be, uh, becomes unviable from that point forward because the difficulty of the network skyrockets to essentially the highest possible value and for those that are unaware <laughs> what that means in english is the amount of electricity you would need to produce a block once the merge goes live is so large to the point where you probably need like a dozen volcanoes to maybe produce one block right and it would take you a long time to get there step like, so one just, is reach ignition yeah. with fusion step two is consume <laughs> all the mass in the solar system and then step three is plug in a computer that's capable of doing that Right. So at that point forward, you're better off just you know staking your 32 ETH and trying to consume all matter and energy in the universe in order to produce one Ethereum block. Okay, so, so... Well, it gets harder, too, if you manage to pull it off one time, too. It actually goes up more. Yes, that as well. <laughs> the one so after that, who could imagine what that would be? Yeah, I'm, uh, all sorts of weird ideas are flowing through my head of like combining uh, Isaac Asimov short stories into something that, that somehow turns into what our future reality uh, is like, because how many suns will be consumed in the, uh, in, in the uh, period of time it will take to, uh, to keep the Ethereum network running into the future and then uh, somehow uh, insert that. Uh, I don't know if anybody's as big of a nerd as I am for Isaac Asimov short stories, but then somehow uh, it'll lead to uh, uh, the story, the final question, 
or the last question. I don't remember if it's called final question or last question, but read that if you haven't read it in a long time or if you've never heard it, because it's like one of the best short stories of all times. Yeah. It's like a 15 minute read and it'll blow your mind. Um, especially knowing that it was written like at this point, like, I don't know, 80 years ago or something crazy like that. Oh, the um, guy's brain is squirrely ensconced in a future that we haven't arrived at yet. It's yeah, not. Exactly. Sorry, the key takeaway, though, from like all this like rabbit hole stuff that Greg and I were just talking about was there's preparation before the actual date that it goes live, which is in this case, it's, it's kind of like a rolling deadline of like September 13th to 15th-ish, depending on when that difficulty is reached. But the point, though, is uh, weeks beforehand, people have already updated their clients to the appropriate version number so that the client sees, okay, when this difficulty is reached, we switch over from proof of work to proof of stake. So the idea is it happens seamlessly at whatever the trigger point is. And that trigger point that I spent time talking about was that difficulty number that is arbitrarily reached by the network at some point in the future then. Sorry, GD, yeah. do you want to take it from there? Yeah, and what I was no, going to say is Greg, Greg, yeah, Greg finished his sort of synopsis, or you, you said it maybe. Corey. The only thing that I had to say real fast is this, is check your <laughs> provider's status page to make sure they've got the right version. If they're not saying it, they should be saying it. But if you're really worried, that's the one thing that you need to be sure of, is that if you're not running it yourself, that they've updated their systems. Um, and because of the yeah. way that they use proxy, you can't rely on... Um, like they'll use different caching systems and things like that that may make it so that the client version query is unreliable. So you, it might cause you to panic when in reality they're good to go because they've thought about it for a while. Um, yeah. I, I think that's the really number one thing to drive home with this is like, this is probably the world's best well thought out software update, uh, you know, maybe period. Yeah, oh. no, and I think, I think going to a much more, um, sorry, prosaic level from uh, consuming all of the energy in the universe to start um, producing blocks post-merge. Um, we are working with our clients who are all solar stakers um, to ensure those updates are made um, and however they've configured their architecture because our clients, they're doing the staking, we're just providing nodes um, on, on public cloud on, on their own infrastructure. Um, it, it is that prosaic matter of upgrading clients um making sure um you know geth nodes beacon nodes validator nodes are running the right version and um yeah getting ready for the for the merge party making sure you've got enough prindles and and uh, and, and greg or, or Corey, i don't remember one of you guys sort of finished what you were saying by saying you know uh at that point it would it flips the switch or or at least theoretically flips the switch and um and now to validate a node staking 32 eth uh now becomes the most viable way to to, to mine the next block or or however um yep. the right terminology is right so so Basically, jd if you're running a client version that can connect it'll read from the right chain and you'll be on proof of stake without anything happening that you have to do you don't have to, please don't let anybody trick you into thinking that you have to do something with your ether to move it over. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, we or should, you have to give them your words or anything like that. Yeah. It should yeah. happen like nothing happened. Exactly. Uh, if, if somebody tries to tell you yeah. you've got to do something for this and that you, you're yeah. behind the times and get up, get up here, buddy, and give me your thing, I can help. Yeah. They're trying to hurt you. Yeah, guys. So thinking and about that means that now, they're not your friend anymore. At least they yeah. shouldn't say. <laughs> Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday the 14th, 
we probably should have a, uh, a reunion of sorts and maybe bring any other folks. Uh, maybe, uh, Greg, we should ask Austin or, or somebody if, I mean, I don't know how crazy busy you guys might be. If anything, you know, there's some hiccups. No, we're going to be watching this with everybody else. This is kind of like, we, I think we should probably do another Ethereum uh, focused blockchain and booze where everyone can ask questions, including me. And also like, okay, is this legit? What's, what's the common scams going on right now? Let's all avoid this stuff. Uh, that might yeah absolutely. there will be there will be a lot of things like that like make sure your eth is ready for the merge connect your wallet <laughs> here you know like um don't don't step, miss step out on the, billion, on the you know, billion dollar there. airdrop click click here you know people <laughs> um we we need to be very careful of that but but going back to it now now staking is is the way to go we can all be a part of that network in a much um in a much more in an easier way right like if uh, yeah. uh, it's it should be which should create more decentralization and more um for the average person participating and in, in 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 keeping the network online and, and decentralizing it and everything else right so yeah. jd can you tell us a little bit about the different options people have in participating like one of the reasons is the economic incentives that might happen right you said it's it could be eight uh, percent plus but also just in general, like, you know, how, what are our options to participate? I think there's that new product that Coinbase announced that you can like you drop yeah. something in. Um, but I like, you know, I think we're all very um, in this community. I think a lot of us like like to do our own thing and it'd be cool to learn how to, um, you know, run our own nodes or, or a solo stake or, or, or whatever. Um, Sure. So uh, the, the, I think the Ethereum Foundation's website actually categorizes it really well. Um, there's solo staking, which is what we enable clients to do. There's staking as a service providers. And then the third is sort of custodial um, options in terms of Coinbase, Kraken, etc. And the first thing I'd say is that all three have value, right? It's not that one is, you know, uh, you know, there's not one ring to rule them all at all. They're, they're, they're different ways of doing it for different people with different merits and downsides. Um, I think Ethereum fundamentally want the network to be decentralized um, so that there, is, there isn't single point of failure, right? And so the sharing of the database doesn't go down and the database doesn't stop because as we build more of the world's important um, applications and, and where, you know, what I think Ethereum ends up being is this new you know, financial fabric for the global economy, um, you, you really don't want that that single point of fa failure. Um, and, you know, solo staking is about it being your nodes, your infrastructure that you have complete responsibility for. Um, and staking as a service um, is, it, you know, has some of that, but your staking as a service provider is making decisions for you um, and, and you're getting a return that is potentially a little bit less than you would if you were solo staking because they're taking a commission for making it easy and making some of those decisions and managing stuff for you. And then the third way is kind of, you know, like um, Wells Fargo, do your banking now in terms of Coinbase or Kraken. You know, you stake, they provide a kind of banking wrapper around it. Um, mm -hmm. you, you, you get some upside and an interest rate, um, but it's complete black box. Um, right, and huge fraud risk, right? That's the biggest place where you see things fall over in downturns, right? We've seen it happen already yeah. this time around. Like if it's going to fall over, there's a good chance that a custodian screwed it up that was not a software system. 
but, but, I, but I think I think you know, yeah, but, but the thing is, like it's kind of a side thing. A lot of I, um, I just wanted to highlight something more interesting, which is like, has anybody heard of any DAOs doing their own sort of staking as a service for their own community, like where they they pool but they manage it as if the DAO were the single staker? So, yeah, I mean, we're helping people do that. The closest thing to that I would say is Rocket Pool, but I haven't really seen anything quite like you're describing so far. I think there's a little latency, but I think J Deep just said he's he's helping some groups do that. Oh, cool! That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, and they've and they've pulled together their Ethereum because they're into, you know, X. I won't talk about the use case because it, but baking bread or um, soccer mums or whatever, and they're pulling their Ethereum together, and they've got things that they care about in terms of the, the outcomes that they're trying to pursue as a collective from these returns. And for me, you know, um, I was massively excited by the, when I learned about through, through Vinay Gupta's um, programmable blockchains talk um, about the idea of exactly that, right? You know, coming out of a banking crisis whereby opaque products that we didn't understand created all this risk, but there were meant to be these fantastical profits for the few. um, And, oh, it turns out it's all a bit of a, um, it's a, all a bit of a crock. Well, in this model, people can come together across boundaries, across a, um, you know interests that they have, you know, bakers guilds, and, and particularly if you look at European banking, you know, way after two thousand eight, two thousand nine, you had small, um, it, you know, small Italian businesses banking locally, and their banks running off with their money, you know, and and in, and, and in a model whereby um, actually, an interest rate is being generated through this transparent activity of updating everyone's copy of the database, and that's how you're earning your money. Well, then no one needs to worry about um, where the money's coming from or what investment decisions are being made or what the risk model is. Yeah. We all know that, and we pull together, um, and, and we earn our interest, and, and you know, we care about... Um, you know, getting getting our kids to uh, a, a foreign away trip, uh, playing football, you know, building a new extension to the restaurant, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it is, the, you know, yeah. the idea that the capital can come together based on shared interest and and, and generate staking returns for me is yeah, a hugely exciting societal benefit. It's um, it's it's huge in the sense too that it it finally gets around this silly argument that we have to have every time crypto comes up anywhere in the mainstream. It's like a huge barrier to adoption, not necessarily because one side is right or the other side is right, but we can set that aside and still see that whoever's right, it's clearly dividing us. We can we can, we can set aside that they're wrong. About that, right? We can finally have a conversation that doesn't end with "you're killing the earth, you bastards." Yeah, um, which is yeah, super yeah. cool. Well, well like, think about why I started more reasons than just because you believe one side or the other, or whatever. You know, I started this this chat tonight with the sort of, uh, hey, hey, uh, hey, buttheads, you know, let's treat each other nicely because the whole point of this community is to create a community where everyone feels welcome. We can change the world together. That's why we came into this space. And so it drives me nuts when people who I really admire who don't know anything about um uh uh who don't know anything about our space who i admire from a a different standpoint right will will do exactly what you said greg and they go they go yeah says the says the dude who's destroying the environment right like right. this guy this guy doesn't uh chain himself to uh 
to the, uh, I don't know, um, the best buy and not let people buy dryers anymore because they're horrible for the environment and they're significantly worse for the environment than Ethereum ever was. Right. But, you know, um, he, he I have think have what I said in that previous, way too that previous talk. Complicated stuff. <laughs> I love that stat. It's so funny. For um, those that don't realize, by the way, that was there's actually like a little shred of gold in there that the aggregate usage of tumble dryers in the United States actually consumes more energy than any aggregate proof of work blockchain like <laughs> Ethereum, Bitcoin combined globally. <laughs> to put that that's, into that's perspective awesome. for you. So you know, uh, the other cool thing is ours don't use smelters uh, during the, the assembly of any of it. Yeah, um, exactly. There's no strip mining. You know, we, we don't we don't have to dive down that rabbit hole. Although you Sorry, know, but... it, it just offends me, right? Like remember, think about like we're doing something for a living that we believe is going to change the world from uh, from so many different perspectives, right? Um, yeah. Uh, and and then somebody basically like completely misinforms like basically like punches you and calls you an asshole and you're like what what they take it it's a cheap shot like they're, yeah. they're punching yeah. below the well, belt and we answered it by building something fucking amazing sorry well i i yeah pardon so, my my language but but we built yeah. something fucking amazing you were under 13 be advised and we swapped it well it was running and nothing hiccuped knock on wood right so I, um, there's a there's a staking, there's an impact staking manifesto that I'll, 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 I don't know what the forum is, but we, we put this together on the basis that we think the idea of getting a fixed pool of capital and earning an interest rate in perpetuity with the growth of the network, right? Mm-hmm. That is an incredible tool to put towards climate change, inequality, new infrastructure. And we have got a new, we've got a use case that we, we're using, we're using our nodes to, um, you know, provide neonatal care for um, refugee camps to save the children. That's yeah. sort of publicly available information. But we're also doing work with um, uh, the, the UN to use staking rewards to drive social impact. And, and, and I think that we're right on the cusp of seeing what that, what that can do and be. Because, again, the idea here is you're not giving your money away and waving goodbye and saying, oh, I hope this works. You're right. pointing Yours. your staking returns for a period of time that's something you care about. Um, and our belief is, is that what you care about and the outcomes, the positive outcomes you're trying to drive should be automated and data-driven. Obviously, that's the, the lifeblood of how we live. And, and, and then you can see what's working and, and assume failure, assume stuff's not going to work. And, and, but because you produce data around it, and again, that data is in this shared database that we can all see, there's, 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 there's gold for everyone. So, uh, you know, staking is not simply a financial outcome for crypto bros at all, at all. Um, and, and it, it, so, it, it is a huge i have always um, thought about this as a system uh to organize information money is a first great use case and and financial instruments are a first great use case but ultimately there are lots of kinds of instruments and some of them are nothing anybody's even started thinking about yet they're literally well, things that we couldn't afford to think about we haven't started on yet so can we uh i know this is we're, like we're gonna... update and then it's guys limit we're going to have to um, wrap up pretty soon. But before we do that, I think along that same note, um, well, I had kind of two, two separate thoughts, um, but I uh, timed had a good comment um, about the, and you're, you're talking Greg about, about it. So many more use cases. What about um, scalability here? Does, does anything with the merge affect scalability or is that a separate sort of layer to conversation it, it's tempting to throw rocks at this because it's, it's easy to to snark about it because no this is not the update that does that but yes because 
anytime you're going to start making major improvements to a system that increases scale, it better be stable, right? If it's not stable and you scale it up, uh, you're going to have a very scalable fireball every time you rebuild it from scratch, which is very expensive yeah. if you blow it up, right? I think this thing has to be stable to first. This is a foundation we can scale off of. That's what this yeah. is. I think this is worth an incremental update that did a minimum viable change. That's the crazy part of this. This is a minimum viable change. Yeah. That's that's what's what, nuts. The what update that's coming after this is, is going to come from all the people whose minds are freed from this minimum viable change. You know, I, I think that's mind blowing. Um, I think no, that I Greg had touched on earlier with um, like talking about like how it's how the the merge is not supposed to be a scalability uh, introduction to lower fees for Ethereum. Although you might see some small thing, and then Alon talked about like the transaction times, um, you know, the mining on the network. One of the big transitions when the merge goes live, aside from the consensus mechanism changing, is we move from uh, when a proof like cryptographically intense puzzle being solved, which is proof mm -hmm. of work. That's when a block gets introduced. We're switching from that to a slot time, and the slot time dictates when a new a new block is introduced into the network then and accepted, and mm -hmm. There's a very strong distinction between the two because when it comes to solving a puzzle, no one can exactly time when a puzzle is going to be solved because right. you know, that's what a puzzle is. You just have to guess. You have to keep guessing. And so that's where this difficulty thing that people talk about and that we were talking about earlier on the call comes into play because the difficulty of the puzzle can somewhat predict within some time frame how long it'll take until the next block gets introduced. And yeah. by the time the actual merge will occur, block times will be increasing until that date because difficulty will be ramping up. Exactly. And There's actually kind of a similar mechanism to the ETC mess thing we were talking about before the call started, really, when you think about yeah. it. It's a way, the, to, uh, way to structure in time and event. But the but, important yeah. thing to remember was that how does this relate to the actual scalability of the network? That, that's the important thing is when we think about slot times now of every 12 seconds, a block will be introduced. Instead of, right. hey, roughly every 13 seconds, a block gets introduced, but sometimes it's 15 seconds, sometimes it's 10, sometimes it could be 20. You know, it really does vary. Having a more strict 12 seconds, you know, plus or minus a little bit because of global network latency. But now the fact that we're running on a 12-second slot time is extremely important because now we have reliability of when blocks will be introduced. Yeah. Um, it's like trying to, to write an orchestra when your drummer can't keep time before really, like... Now we've got a, a pretty good metronome. Yeah, so I, I think that the network will be a couple percentage points more efficient than before because we aren't worried about those difficulty uh, changes over time and it yeah. being inexact and when that puzzle gets solved. And you'll see more consistency. And that's going to pave the way for a lot of really impressive upgrades in the future, um, one of which that's coming right after the merge that people talked about, aside from uh, staking withdrawals, is dank sharding, which mm -hmm. plays into Ethereum Layer 2 is getting... 10 to 100x even cheaper than where they are right now which will make them on par with uh alt, alt layer ones at that point while still <laughs> having the same security guarantees of ethereum so point being yeah. that it, the future really is bright for all these things being worked on layer twos yes. are already pretty cool but there's a lot of other things you know that are going to be uh that will pave the way for the future for layer twos to get faster and better as well as core ethereum that's, yeah, that's, it that's opens amazing. up a world where we have a lot of opportunity to do good and bad stuff with our tools because our tools are going to allow us to do good and bad stuff. So I, I hope everybody's excited to uh, be super responsible with this so we don't pull out a black swan and uh, 
you know, yeah. the merge was the thing that ultimately enabled us to build a doomsday machine that ruined everything. Right. <laughs> We don't. We don't. We don't want to prove Nick Bostrom wrong. Uh, or right. um, so, so before before we wrap up really quick, and then I'll ask uh, Jay Deep probably to start and give us, um, you know, like the URLs and where where to follow you and where to check out launch notes and everything. I have one quick question um, for for you, Jay Deep, um, uh, just because I'm I'm watching the chat and, and and I was thinking about something earlier. Somebody was talking about inclusivity and some of these things. You know, launching a solo solo staking, you have to start with, is it at least 32 ETH or is that in increments of 32 ETH? Because 32 ETH is, is a lot of money for, for most people. Um, but then in those in those pooling settings, you can be in for any fraction, right? Is, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I think I think I, I think that's that's one of the challenges we've always seen is, is that the, the cost of solo staking um, and that 32 Ethereum hurdle. Um, you know, has only got higher um, within the, the, the core um, Ethereum dev ecosystem. There are projects that are going to dilute that and allow for, you know, um, delegated pool style functionality. I think that's that, that's coming. Um, but yeah, from a from a, from a solo staking perspective, um, we have a product called, you know, Staking Club, which allows people to come together and, and run a node. But actually, the, the challenge with that is, is that, you need to know each other and trust each other. And there's a kind of a, a club manager and it, and it works in that way rather than it being um, too truly, um, you know, de decentralized. So you, you actually, yeah, it's a, it's a club of people that know each other versus just going blindly into a pool and putting yeah. in your half however, an ether, one ether. However, the, the DVT ecosystem is, is rich and it's producing solutions. Up, he froze. Oh man! To oh, share, you know, the secret. Back. You know, I think we. Am I back? You're back yes, now. You're back yeah, now. yeah, you're back now. Okay. You froze like mid animation, yeah. and it was so, like the best part. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, th I think I think um, I'd love to be able to tell you I could you could solo stake um, and run your own node with 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 point zero zero one e. That isn't how it is right now. Um, yeah, but there yeah, will so be the interesting is that, whether on those centralized exchanges or in pools and things like that for for everyone to participate. You can, and, and that's why I think the, the you know these staking as a service providers. I think um, pools, liquid staking, they all you know offer functionality for for different for different folks. Participation is what I really want to encourage. Right, and you know I'd like everyone to be learning, experimenting, playing in the space. And, and finding out I, what I don't want is everyone to be my customer. This is far, far too big um, for, for, for that mindset or, or well, approach. So speaking of, and, and speaking of that, since we're wrapping up, tell everyone where to follow you and where to um, where to uh, go for launch no um, uh, uh, launch nodes and everything. So www.launchnodes.com. I, I feel uh, <laughs> that's an old school. <laughs> Model. I can't. I can't give. Um, Edrock seventy nine is, uh, is 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 a Discord uh, handle. Um, I, I, if, if it's okay with you, I'll put that um, out through through our team. They'll share all that stuff. Um, but um, I'm just trying to not wake up my kids right now. But, so I don't, I don't want to <laughs> have my will, fingers. Um... You should consider. But, but, uh, I have a blog. <laughs> I have a blog. You should consider Super switching to a name like Dolomite or Rivet, where people don't know what it is that you do from hearing your name. 
Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. People, I, they're like, I, 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 I need smoke signals. You know. you... <laughs> no, no, we don't make that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Alan, so, I just shared a link with you also. I don't have the ability to share like a comment in the chat from here. So if you want to oh, just yeah, put it in there, it's a guide to solo staking and it breaks down uh, some of the concepts that uh, JDeep was talking about. It's what, yeah, it's J, what JDeep talked about earlier on the ethereum.org website where they talk about solo yeah. staking. So that's, um, that's what JDeep was talking about. And I shared that in the, um, in, in the group chat with the community um, just now. Um, so so launchnodes.com, uh, JDeep. Um, Greg, uh, where to follow you and uh, Rivet's, mm -hmm. uh, rivet.cloud, right? Yeah, you can go to rivet.cloud to find um, us. You can go to... Um, well, I can't actually run off the GitHub, but we, if you scroll to the bottom, you can see all of the little icons and you can click the link for our GitHub and you can get all of the code that we're running and see it and run it yourself. Uh, we'll help you set it up even if you want to, um, because we want to see people learning how to do this for themselves. Um, the other place that you can reach me is on Twitter for the most part or any social platform where you, where you see somebody named at design heretic. You can also usually search megatexas.eth and it'll link to me. Um, uh, and also tomorrow on uh, basically about 10.30, I think, 10.30 to 11, I'll be on another live stream with World Blockchain Roundtable. The guys over at Dragon Chain uh, put this on with um, uh, den.social and we, we do that stream once a week. It's a blast. If you guys want to, anybody wants to join us, we, we um, typically range long form and uh, it's a tinfoil hat. Do, do, allow, do loud dudes in, into the stream that will just confusingly ask questions over and over again? Oh, it's zany. It's it's actually kind of an anything goes roundtable. Uh, love but it. All really nice Corey, people and it's fun. So. Corey, I know we brought you uh, on a few weeks earlier because we'll be talking about Dolomite again um, soon. But um, where to follow you uh, for now? And I know Do I mean Dolomite's website is up, but the the product isn't there yet, right? Yeah, it's just more of a shell of a landing page saying, hey, coming soon. But you could find us on dolomite.io. Uh, social for the um, for the company is dolomite underscore io on Twitter. And uh, my Twitter handle is Corey Kaplan 3 first and last name that you see here, followed by the number three. Um, and yeah, there'll be a lot more information coming out soon about, uh, about us and the product for, uh, for people to hear about us and Otherwise, stay tuned to our socials for more information as that becomes more oh, apparent. Um, sounds like a really amazing thing. Um, if there's anything we can do to help you, just let us know. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Alon's already figuring out ways behind the scenes of like how we can plug in and do things, even though I'm already aware of it. But he's like, hey, what if we do this yeah. thing? I'm like, yeah, yeah we can do that also. J yeah, Jdeep and I didn't have a, a private call quite yet other than like, you know the five, 10 minutes before this. But when we do, I'm sure a big part of it will be like, uh, what what are you guys using? Why aren't you using Rivet? Uh, put them in a headlock and make the introduction because that's just a part of uh, my, my we don't day. We don't want to be centralized either, but we're, we're probably the tiniest one out there, so you can probably do that for a while. Sure, no, no, no. I think, I think, I think, I think we things all... out. But, um, but also, like, from, from a broader standpoint, anybody listening to this that is wondering what's going to happen after the merge, it's kind of up to you, right? It's really kind of up to you. And if, if you want to build something like all of the people sitting here that are, that are talking about the things they've built started with like, 
you know, am I crazy enough to pull the trigger on this and figure out exactly how I can, you know, build a new engine for my car while I'm still running at full steam towards, uh, you know, towards the last day I have money to run it. Like if you are okay with being stressed out and you can live in today's world and feed your family, you probably are capable of doing that. Uh, then you can build an idea too. So, so don't let it stop you. You know, like right now we need people to build the thing that's going to change the world. And it might be you. Uh, so, so you better try it for everybody. Love it. Let's, yeah. let's end on that pep talk. Uh, thing is just I love it now. guys. Thank, thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much for, for spending the time and educating us. And uh, I was dead serious. I'm going to text uh, Matt right when we're done with this and ask him uh, what's scheduled in a couple weeks. And maybe we should uh, <laughs> reschedule them so we can have another Ethereum merge talk. And uh, all three of you are invited. But maybe we should have a, a couple others um, as well who can, who can, we can help do a, us. We can do a live stream also when the merge actually goes live. Like there's a website called When Merge, um, which is Ooh, a play yeah. on uh, everyone always asking when this, when that in the industry. <laughs> It's W E N merge, not W H E N for those that are wondering. Um, yeah. They actually show past live streams of the merge occurring for other test networks and the shadow forks. So um, we could do our own version of, of that when it goes live, which will be that fun. Was so cool. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to, because I, I mean, I technically, we go live randomly on my Twitter account and stuff like that, not necessarily uh, just on the Wednesday nights. Um, Right now it says 13 days, 17 hours. If if this is somewhat correct, we'll be uh, it will be uh, the Wednesday night uh, that we were talking about. So that's that's pretty perfect. So we need to uh, do this again. Uh, it's a it's a fun uh, uh, occasion. And uh, Coop is here. I see him in the chat now, sharing some some boring stones. So I, I, let me say one last time for everyone who uh, who who joined us uh, maybe in the second half. If you go to blockchainbooze.io, it'll redirect you to our new platform on the DGH events site. And you'll be able to, uh, once you register, turn on your camera, hang out with the community um, and chat with the community. Um, but guys, thank you again for joining us. Um, this, this was awesome. I learned a lot. I probably have more questions that I'm going to bug you guys about over the next couple of weeks. And then, uh, and thank you, Jay, for joining, Jay Deep, for joining us uh, on your first uh, episode here. And we'll, we'll definitely have Thanks, you. Man. Keep it going. Oh, Thanks, wow. guys. Have a good week. Bye, guys. Cheers. Peace.